Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sounds Like Sam. I'm your host, Sam. Uh, thanks for joining me this week. If you haven't already, go subscribe to my podcast. It's uh, Sounds Like Sam, wherever you find your podcasts. And if you can, go rate the show and uh, leave a review. That'd be great. Uh, but this is... Uh, we're going into week 12 in the NFL. and uh, Which is essentially the final stretch of the NFL regular season. There's technically only seven more weeks left of football, which is really crazy, including on this Sunday. So there's still a lot to go. Uh, Still a a lot left to happen. We know a lot of teams' fates already, but there's still a lot of time for a lot of other teams uh, and if you don't already know, like, you know, the Bengals last year, they were around the same exact uh, record-wise. Uh, and they were able to go all the way to the Super Bowl and beat... I I believe they beat... Oh, wait, no, I think the Chiefs beat the Bills. I, I almost want to say that the Bengals beat the Bills, and then they beat this, the Chiefs, and then... They went in and couldn't beat the the Rams, which is kind of funny uh, because I didn't think the Rams were that good of a team, but I guess defensively they were much better than uh, Chiefs or Bills were last year. And, you know, there's still a lot of life left for, for a lot of teams that are middle of the pack, so there's still time if you're a fan of uh, certain teams you know, seven games is if you're at three wins. If you can win out somehow, your next seven games you can you can get the double digit wins. So it's it's a big time. You uh, if you're for, if you're a fan, you still got some time, but oops. But you're gonna have to really your team's gonna have to get to work and really produce. So good luck to all those fans out there. Uh, fantasy football wise, um, honestly, to break some news to you, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the Bullseye Fantasy Football Instagram page, Twitter page on pause. Uh, I gotta, I gotta break it to you. I'm feeling a little bit burnt out with fantasy football, and you know, it's been a lot of, I've spent a lot of time with it in the last couple years. And uh, it just, I feel like, isn't really my calling. I might come back to it next year and maybe just do some preseason fantasy football analysis, but I won't go, like, season or, like, game to game like I tried to do this year. It was just it was just too much. I don't have the time. And honestly, I felt like either I, like, both I wasn't putting in enough work to really do any, to, like, get any attention or anything and when I did it wasn't like and when I did put in the work it just never really got recognized which makes sense I mean I mean I didn't really put too many thoughts on it uh, on my on those pages but you know I, I would like put some stuff out there so I think it's just time to like break it off and I think I'll, uh, the goal is for next year, if I do 
if I do do things for it, it's going to be very preseason, pre-fantasy football draft related because I think that's where I, I had most of my success in terms of like saying who to, to grab and stuff. But other than that, it's I just don't think I can do week to week anymore. So calling it quits with that. So if you if you do follow me, I mean, you can keep following me, but uh, just know I I'm, I'm still gonna do the podcast. I like podcasting, and but yeah, that's uh that's some news for you. Um, I guess other NFL related news. Uh, the and things that I wanted to talk about at least were. The I I think one of the biggest and interesting controversies from the last couple of weeks was the hiring of Jeff Saturday to the the Indianapolis Colts team who if you don't know Jeff Saturday has never been a head coach in the NFL or at the collegiate level he only coached like a year or two at high school and he's basically just been good friends of the Colts owner and has been a consultant to their team for the last couple of years so he hasn't really done that much work he was the Colts like a, an all-pro offensive lineman with Peyton in the Peyton Manning era. So he has that as a background of football. But in the coaching stance, he doesn't really have any experience, any real experience, that is. And, you know, people... And uh, really, the, it was interesting because the NFL broadcasters were kind of poo-pooing him for being a coach just because he's never coached before but it's they're so hypocritical because the the commentator like they they their comments were oh like it's unfair for the coaches who've been working there their their entire lives and dedicating their life to football just to have a a guy who's never coached before come in and uh, take over the the lead spot as the head coach. And, you know, what I found funny about that was they are so hypocritical because they do the same thing. The, the, The commentators and news anchors for, like, football and sports, like, literally every single commentator and broadcaster for for the NFL games was either a, a, a all pro player uh they were an ex football player they were an ex coach and they get like automatic they almost like they almost get like automatic hires because they were a well known coach or player in the league and you know I will say sometimes it works out I think Tony Romo is one of my favorite NFL commentators and he brings so much knowledge and uh he's really been <laughs> delightful to listen to and uh he he almost is like the next John Madden I think of football because he it's funny he just calls plays before they even happen and not many other commentators do that and it's just really funny how accurate he is but other than him like all these broadcast networks try to do the same thing where they just it's become a habit of for them to hire 
people who've had zero experience, like, you know, Jason Witten, Greg Olson, um, Drew Brees, uh, j- just, even they were, like, Amazon Prime got, like, Richard Sherman, Tony Gonzalez, uh, although Tony Gonzalez, I guess, had some experience. They had, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and, uh, what's his name, uh, line the offensive lineman for the Rams who I I mean they're all um like they're probably nice people obviously and they do an okay job but it's like you know for the people who've been working their entire lives for (laughs) for commentating like it's funny how the NFL coach it like the ex-NFL coaches were were PO'd about them hiring Jeff Saturday and saying, like, it's a knock on the coaches who've been there forever. Well, it's the same thing for the broadcasters. Like, people have worked their entire lives to become head broadcasters, and then they just have NFL coaches come in, like, just after retiring from the NFL or players retiring, and they automatically get spots on the broadcast team. And it's just like, dude, you're such a hypocrite. So... I get what both sides are saying, and honestly, Jeff Saturday's done a not a horrible job, especially when you look at guys like what Jeff, uh, like Dan Campbell. I mean, obviously, he's been a great like inspiration, and he's he's a good mentor for the football program with the the Detroit Lions. But it's like, how how do you make such bad calls? Like, or like how do you not manage the clock? Like, I feel like. Half of coaching is just managing the clock, managing your timeouts, and then like just trying to to give plays that you think will work on your whatever side of the ball you're more focused on, you know, like and he just did a terrible job in the 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 Detroit Bills game on Thursday night for Thanksgiving, so it's just, I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of curious to see how Jeff Saturday finishes the se- the season because right now he is one and one and one. But I thought that was like really interesting that the broadcasters brought that up and they were being total hypocrites. So there's that story, and then, well, I guess I could go over my. Uh, I I some guys I I just traded for in fantasy football that uh, I I really like in my uh, my French Toast House League traded for Antonio Gibson and uh, Tyler Lockett I think both of those guys are severely underrated I even at the beginning of the season Antonio Gibson was kind of like pooped on because <laughs> they were. Everyone was just like, oh, they're going to go, like, all in on Brian Robinson. And, like, Antonio Gibson hasn't done that much. But when you look at what they're doing with their offense as a, as a commander's team, like, Tyler, Taylor Heineke doesn't do much for the commander's offense in terms of, like, throwing to receivers. They have weapons all across the field, yet it's their run game and their defense that is winning them games, and as long as they have that formula, I think uh, the way that they played, fo- 
the the way that they played the game versus the Eagles to to get them their uh the Eagles their first loss of the season like they just played such smart football and so like uh, it was just their type of football I guess they just played to their strengths and I I think him like Antonio Gibson being a receiving threat with uh McKissick now being out like he he's been a go-to guy for Taylor Heineke they've been using him in the end zone if you still have trades available I think he's a great flex option for leagues I mean it's hard to get like consistency and fantasy and even if it is 10 points for like a standard league that's not bad like I would take that any day of the week so uh, I, I, I like him I like Tyler Lockett he's a touchdown threat he could have like forty game. He could have forty points in a game easily, um, and uh, yeah, I just I just liked getting those players. I ended up trading away Mike Williams and Cream Hunt, which I mean they can also go off at any time too. But Mike's been injured, and Hunt really hasn't been what I thought he was going to be. So, but he still has a shot if for some reason Nick Chubb gets injured. So. Those are two guys I was looking at. But, you know, another guy I'm looking at a lot is uh, Tony Pollard and uh, Deonta Foreman. I think in my last podcast I was calling him Deonta Freeman, which is so wrong. Like, I I listened to it. I re-listened to my episodes, and I I was like, oh, my God. Like, I totally messed that up. But what I will say, the reasons why I liked targeting Deonta Foreman, even if he had a terrible last game, they, at least with P.J. Walker, they knew their game plan. It was very similar to what the Commanders did. They run, they ran the ball heavy. They did a lot of play action, and Deonta Foreman was really doing a great job. Uh, not only getting the goal line carries, but just in the the middle of the field, like he just he was a bruiser. They they put their game plan was playing great defense, playing uh, to the run game, which. Honestly, is one of the best strategies, and with it being such a a pass heavy offense, like type of NFL now, if that's what it like, why not go back to the old school ways if it works? Because when you think about it, one of the best ways to stop a guy or a, like a great quarterback such as Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Uh, you know, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, like the best way to stop those guys is to, one, run the ball if you can because that will reduce the time. It'll get their, it makes their defense play play more uh, and it keeps the quarterback off the field if they run the ball effectively. And then if they play good defense, it also helps because if they can go back to the run game, like if they can get the ball back to their offense, go back to the run game, then they're going to be set for the the next down and get bring their defense back on, tire them out. Then by the fourth quarter, you're going to be playing, uh, you're going to be slicing that defense up like butter. So it, it works for both ways. 
And I think it's just a really good strategy, especially when facing these really great quarterbacks that are in this league. So, um, yeah, I like I like Deonta Foreman. I think he's going to get a lot of carries moving forward. He seems like the running back one for them. And then the other guy, uh, Tony Pollard. I know he didn't have that great of a game this Thursday night, but I just feel like he's electric when he gets the ball. And uh, I think his Zeke for some reason gets injured again, which could totally happen. Um, he's another great flex play that you could have that I think, like, he's a game changer and a guy who can, who's a, who's a huge piece in that offense. So especially in a dynasty league, like, now's the time to get Tony Pollard on your team. And he's a guy you'd want moving forward, not Zeke. So that's a little tip for you regarding that, but... I think the last thing I'm going to bring up in this episode is going to be, oh, I, 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 one last football thing I'll bring up is uh, the emergence of running backs, Najee Harris and James Conner. I really feel like they're being utilized more. I think having Kyler Murray out, Arizona Cardinals are having to turn to James Conner, and uh, he's been getting a lot of red zone looks, and I think... Towards the end of the season, he's going to turn turn back on what he's, what he's had. Like I feel like last year's James Conner was probably Jamal Williams from the Lions, who now leads the league in rushing touchdowns with, I believe, I want to say 14, but some something around that range, which is ridiculous. Like He's on pace for a 20-touchdown season. Nobody expected that. So for all those fantasy experts out there who said, that uh, Williams was going to be the go-to running back. Well, uh, and nobody said that. So, <laughs> the if uh, I don't know what to say about that, other than um, I I think he's he's also a guy you could still target uh, as as a trade guy. But um, I James James Conner I think has been turning it on recently, especially with Kyler Murray out. Them trading away Eno Benjamin, that really helps them. And I would say for Najee Harris, he's had back-to-back 20 attempt games with 90-plus uh, rushing yards. So they're getting back. To, it looks like they're starting to find a little groove. They almost beat the team they played last week, which was uh, the Bengals, which is huge because the Bengals have been playing really well. And uh, getting their passing offense together, George Pickens looks like he's he's coming in really clutch, getting some TDs. If you have, uh, I would try to trade for a guy like him if you can. But yeah, I I like the what the Steelers have going on. Najee's been playing really well the last two weeks. Uh, I think he can finish the the last half of the season really strong. So uh, I like him. And then uh, another guy, the Almond Ross St. Brown, who. I heard in this previous broadcast, Bills versus uh, Detroit Lions. I mean, he had, what, nine receptions over 100 yards and a TD. Like, dude's balling. Apparently, after every practice, he catches 202 balls because uh, in order to be – because he heard that uh, all the top and best receivers would catch 200 balls after 
a practice. So he had to outdo them and do 202, which I think is amazing, <laughs> and which is such a cool story to hear. I love hearing those types of stories. Uh, and they he's a go-to guy for them. They've been using him a lot. I think he, he their schedule is very favorable to him, and uh, I I think he's going to do well for the the remainder of the season. So those are the guys I like. Um, the last thing I'm going to bring up is going to be non-football related. It's going to be Thanksgiving. My top my I'm going to go by my top ten. No, 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 my top five Thanksgiving Day items. So I'm going to go number five is going to be, i got to go Thanksgiving turkey. Thanksgiving turkey, I, it's not my favorite thing, but it's just such a special like tradition to have. And I know my parents, my dad likes to fry the turkey and uh, being able to, to fry it as a, together and has been pretty cool and it's always it's nice to to be around and um I actually got to to butcher the turkey this year so that was pretty cool learned to I'll have that skill I guess for the rest of my life hopefully I'm I mean I, I'm gonna have to practice it a few more times for over the next couple of years when I, Thanksgiving happens again but it was it was pretty cool to be able to fry it and then butcher it, cut it up, and know what to do, so appreciate that, and uh, fried turkey hit, hits the spot, especially if it's done right, so I like that, um, number four, I gotta go with pecan pie, hard to beat a good traditional Thanksgiving day dessert, and pecan pie made well, uh, hits the spot so can't go wrong there especially with some whipped cream homemade whipped cream on top just goes down like like butter <laughs> actually i don't nobody eats butter so maybe that's a bad analogy but whatever let's see third is going to be a nice cold beer course banquet beer on a thanksgiving dinner i know that's not exactly a food menu item but man that hit the spot so gotta go with uh the Coors Banquet beer. Let's see. Number two. I'm going to go with the smashed potatoes. It was the first time we've had that as a Thanksgiving Day dinner. But I would also say um, even roasted mini potatoes, the fingerling potatoes are like, those are money for uh, Thanksgiving Day. I, I, I actually prefer that much more to mashed potatoes. I think mashed potatoes are, are overrated and... Uh, I'm sorry if you disagree with me. I mean, they're they're still good. I'll still eat them, but definitely not like in my top five. But my my number one is going to be uh, probably a, a very similar. It's going to be the opposite of what uh, most people would have. But sweet potato casserole is my go-to. Like, I honestly, I don't know if I could ever have uh, Thanksgiving without sweet potato casserole. It's like a dessert for for your dinner. It's so good. So can't really go wrong there, especially with the little uh brown sugar butter uh cornflake topping with some pecans. Just it's delicious. So 
uh, yeah, that that was uh, the episode. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me on my uh, podcast Instagram at Sounds Like Sam Podcast. And uh, yeah, if if you have anything else, uh, feel free to reach out to me. But also, I'm going to be putting out a link for uh, specific questions for next episode. Going to see how that goes, and uh, feel free to. Speak your mind. I'm going to be posting it to my Twitter, to my Instagram page. I'll even be putting it out probably in my uh, my email newsletter. So if you haven't already subscribed to that, go do that as well. So uh, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you have a great rest of your Thanksgiving break and have a good one.